turn with me, please, to the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 12. Glenn read from this chapter around the Lord's table this morning. And we're going to read some of it again this evening. Let me just get a drink before we start. Exodus chapter 12, beginning to read at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the numbers of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a meal of the first year. He shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. He shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and upon the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night. Roast with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire his head with his legs, with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt will I execute judgment. I am the Lord. And ye shall take, pardon me, and the blood shall be to you For a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. And ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Let us pray. Father, we pray that you would take your own word this evening and inscribe it in every heart. May your spirit take it and inscribe it upon every heart and imprint it upon every mind. We pray, O God, that you would have us to hear, not just with the ear, but with the inner ear, the spirit of man and woman. Tonight, Father, we pray if there's one that's come into this place 
not saved and without Christ, we pray tonight this would be the evening, beginning, a new beginning, a new life, even as we've read, a new day, when they will come to the cross by faith, trusting in him alone, and that they will give their lives wholly over unto the Savior. So, Father, to that end, I pray that you would now move from seat to seat and from heart to heart. And, Lord, that you would take us up and close us in with thyself. Anoint me with fresh oil, I pray, that Christ alone may be seen and exalted and glorified. We thank you for everyone you've brought tonight. We ask you, Lord, although the wind is blowing the tent, that thy spirit would blow afresh in this place upon the hearts of men and women. And, O God, that we would leave this place and say it was good for us to be here, for it was here that we met with the Lord. Glorify thy Son, your only begotten, the Lord Jesus Christ. For it's in his name and for his glory alone we ask it and pray. And we give you thanks for everything. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 12 is when Moses is told by the Lord that he would bring Israel out of Egypt, out of their captivity, out of bondage, that he would deliver them from all that they had been going through for 400 plus years. And how would he do it? He would do it with something that seems ridiculous to the human heart. He would do it by something that seems impossible to the human mind. He would do it through the shedding of the blood of an innocent lamb. He would do it through the shedding of the blood of an innocent lamb. Now we know that this points to, this directs us to, this is a foreshadowing and a foretelling pictures the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to die for our sins, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist declared him. And he is the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He is the impeccable Son of God. He who knew no sin, did no sin, and was yet without sin, And yet we're told that God would deliver you and I in the new covenant through Calvary's tree, the Christ who died for us, that he would deliver us with something to the carnal, fleshy man and woman and our minds that would be impossible. How could God deliver? And how could God save through the blood of a lamb? It seems ridiculous in the eyes of the world, but it is glorious in the sight of those who believe him. I believe in the blood of the Lamb this evening. I believe the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ still cleanses us from all our sin. I believe that the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, still avails for sinners tonight, this 2nd of January, 2022. I believe the blood of the Lamb will never lose its power. 
Brothers and sisters, we have been saved by something that seems so minute, so even ridiculous by the world. How can a man dying for you and I save us and forgive us of our sin? They cannot comprehend it. They cannot understand it. They cannot fathom it nor take it in until the Spirit of God awakens them and shows them their need of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank God for the day and the hour he came into my life and showed me my need of a Savior and showed me the only Savior. He showed me his Son, the precious Lamb of God. No, the blood was to be taken and put in a basin. And the blood was to be shed, put in the basin, and hyssop was to be taken, dipped in the blood, and put across the doorposts and the door lintels of every home. Now take note. It's very important that we understand this. The Lord would come through Egypt this fateful night for those who were not marked by the blood, for those doors that had not got the blood upon the door posts and the door lintels, there the firstborn in judgment would come to their death. And God didn't say, I'll see when you're good. I'll see how religious you are. I'll look and see how rich you are or poor you are. He didn't even say, I'll see if you're Israel or not. He said, when I see the blood, he didn't say, when I see you're even Israel. He says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. You see, the Father, on that day when you stand before him, he's not looking to see how good you've been, how religious you've been, but rather he's looking. He's looking for the blood. He's looking for the blood of the Lamb on your heart, the door posts and the door lintels of your spirit. And he's wanting to know, what have you done with my son? Have you received him as your Savior or rejected him, and now your judge. So God says, take the blood. And this old story, well known, they put it on the door, post the door lintels. He says, I'm passing through Egypt this night. Notice the term, I'm passing through Egypt. And when I see the blood, he says, I will pass over you. Passing through in judgment, he passes over when he sees the blood. And when Christ comes back again, when Christ splits the skies again, when Christ comes in all his power and glory again, he'll not be looking for what Ken Davidson has done and what he can do, but rather he'll be looking for the blood. Are you covered in the blood? Are you washed in the blood? Andrew prayed it at the beginning, we're a bloody people. Yes, we are. We believe in the power of the blood. We are a church that believes in the blood of the Lamb. A church that preaches the blood of Christ. That believes only in the blood for the cleansing of sin. That the blood is precious blood. The blood is holy blood. And the blood is God's blood. And here we find that the blood of a Lamb was typifying the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what he says, if you will, 
in our reading in verse 2. And this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. You know what the Lord was saying to Israel? When I bring you out of Egypt through the blood, when I bring you out and you've done nothing for it but apply the blood, it's no good the blood being in a basin. It's no good you shedding the blood and putting it in a basin and even leaving it at your door. The blood must be shed, but the blood must be applied. Apply it to the door. And if it's not applied, he says, then I'll pass through in judgment and I will not pass over you in mercy. You see, when Christ died for our sins and he shed his blood on Calvary's tree, and there when the blood and the water poured forth from Emmanuel's veins, there the blood was shed for you. The blood was shed for me. But you and I by faith must apply the blood It's no good saying, oh yeah, Jesus shed his blood. I believe that. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Flippantly marking it off as if, well, that's okay. It's a story I've heard. But the blood by faith must be applied by faith to the very heart of a man and a woman. And if the blood is not applied, then it's passing through and not passing over. Look at our reading then at the end of it in verse 14. And this day shall be unto you for a memorial. Ye shall keep it a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Ye shall keep it a feast by an ordinance forever. Now notice, and this day shall be unto you for a memorial. What day? This day of your redemption. This day of bringing you out of Egypt. Egypt is a type, a spiritual Egypt is a type of the world. Pharaoh is a type of the devil. And of course, the Egyptians keeping them under bondage was a type of uh, the demonic spirits lording over people, taking people to destruction. And here the Lord says, I will bring you out of Egypt. I will rescue you through the blood. But you will mark this day as a memorial. And you will mark it forever. Boy, since we are told in Exodus 12 and 14 to mark this day as a memorial forever. This is where Passover comes from. The Passover feast. And Israel marked the Passover feast by the slaying of the lamb. And our Lord Jesus Christ died, not at Easter, at Passover. For he is our Passover lamb. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7, the apostle Paul tells us that Christ is our Passover. That Christ is our Passover and that God will pass over a wretch like me, whom he has saved through the blood of Christ, and that God will pass over in mercy, rather passing through in judgment. Can I ask you something before we go any further this evening? Are you all saved? Are you all saved? Are you all ready? 
Should you meet Christ and stand before him, are you ready? Will you meet him as your judge? Or will you meet him as your merciful savior? Will you meet him as your judge? Or will you meet him as your merciful savior? And this day shall be unto you for a memorial, the Lord says. The day that we bring you out of Egypt. The day we bring you out through the blood. The day when Pharaoh has to release his grip on you. The day when Pharaoh's army no longer has a hold on you. You're not under their bondage nor their slavery anymore. The Lord says, remember this day. It's Passover if you're under the blood. And you'll never forget this day if you're not. That's what he's saying. You'll never forget this day if you're not under the blood. You see, he says this day would be a new day for those who are coming out of Egypt for Israel. This day would be a new start, a new beginning, a new life and a new lifestyle. Trusting in God for everything. Released from all captivity. I can tell you, friend, no matter what your problems are, I can tell you no matter what your addictions are, no matter what your sins are and your burdens are, when a man and a woman trust in the blood of Christ, I can tell you, I can promise you on the authority of this word that says, he whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. He'll set you free and you're free indeed. Free from the devil's grip. Free from Satan's hold. Free from the enemy who bears you down. Free from the addictions that's held you back and the chains that bind you and the bondage. He whom the Son sets free is free indeed. You're free in Christ tonight if you're saved. And the Lord says that he would give you a new start. Mark this month, he says. Note the words. Mark this month, he says. This day would be an end of all that they have been under. This day shall be unto you for a memorial. Now the word memorial is the word zikron. Zikron. And it means a memento. Something you can carry in your heart looking forward to. You know, if you are given something and someone says, what is that? It's a wee memento and you carry it with you. The Lord says, this will be a day when you will carry it with you. When I got saved from the day and the hour that Christ came into my life and delivered me from all my sin and unrighteousness and law-breaking and transgression, when he came into my life and delivered me from all of alcohol and drugs and all the things that were binding me, when he forgave me and washed me clean, it's like a memento in my heart. I never forget the day I was saved. Brother, sister, do you remember the day when Christ came into your life? Do you remember the day wherever you were, whatever time it was at? Do you remember the day when Christ came and you were born again of the Spirit? And he washed you in the blood. And there you get on your knees, a rotten, filthy sinner. Or maybe a student cried, a rotten, filthy, guilty, hell-deserving sinner like I was. 
And you cry for mercy and for the blood. And oh, he washed you clean. And he made you new. And he made you whole in his son. Do you remember that day? Is it in your heart like a memento? We're not going to be doing this every year where we just come at Passover to remember the Lord's death. We remember the Lord every Sunday morning when we gather together here. It's a memento. Can I ask you something? Did you break bread today and remember the Lord? We at his table this morning. Lord, I remember you died for me. Oh, you can remember in your heart. But together with the saints, did you remember him this morning? This word zikron means to keep a record. Keep a record. How can you not keep a record of what Christ has accomplished? How dare we not keep a record of what Christ has done for us? We keep a record of what he has forgiven us of, all of our sins in the sea of his forgetfulness. So here we have those who are believing. Listen, Israel had to act in faith, just the same as way you do today. They had to act in faith. Can you imagine Moses coming? And listen, everyone, all the elders of Israel come together and I want you to tell all your tribes and I want you to go to your families and I want you to tell them all this thing. The Lord has spoken and said, take the blood, put it in a basin, put his up in it, apply the blood to the doorpost, the door lintels. For this night, the Lord is coming through Egypt. And he says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. Don't go out of the door until the morning's come. Don't come out from under the blood until the morning has come. Until judgment be overpassed. Can you imagine those, those Israelites <laughs> by the blood of Allah? Moses, are you sure you haven't sure you haven't been feeling all, all too well? That God's going to take us out from 400 years plus of slavery and bondage by one of the greatest empires of their day in Egypt. And you're saying that God will deliver us through the blood? Yes. Are you telling us tonight, preacher, that God delivers you. God will deliver me through nothing but the blood. Yes. And they had to act in faith. Well, I'm believing the word and they get the blood and they put it on the doorposts and they put it on the door lintels. I'm acting in faith. And they go into their house and they shut their door. Don't come out until the danger be overpassed. And what a night it would be in Egypt. Oh, what a dreadful night for those who were not under the blood. There was weeping and crying all over at the midnight hour. Why? For they were not under the blood. But yet on the other hand, the Israelites 
were feasting on the lamb. They were hidden. They were sealed inside by the door and the blood. Feasting on the lamb. Rejoicing that God would do something by the time they came out that morning. I believe there's coming a morning that those of us who are under the blood, that those of us who have closed the door, as it were, sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, I believe there's coming a day, a great morning when Christ will break the clouds and we will be rejoicing for all this while on this rotten earth, while all the nations are in turmoil and while all the things that are happening and the lies and the deceit and the dangers that's happening in our lands and in the world, we're safe in Christ. We're sealed by the Spirit and we're under the blood of the Lamb. Brothers and sisters, would you say praise the Lord? We're under the blood. Half the church, they're like Jenny Ons, half of them. They're afraid, scared, skinny. Scared, skinny. Oh, is it any wonder God says, Israel, now you mark this day. Now you mark this day. Think about it in all of the world. There was only one place that God would come was the Ark of the Covenant. But in all the world, there's only one place this was happening. And it was among Israel and under the blood. It was in Goshen, in Egypt. Brothers and sisters, we see that this memento for you and I is a memento for us to keep and a memento for us to cherish. Notice what it says again in verse 2. And this month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Notice, it shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. This new year was not what we call January. It was not January as we have. The new year was called Aviv. And do you know what it means? It was a Canaanite word. Do you know what it means? The month of newly ripened corn. The month of fresh corn. The month of newly ripened corn. Later, it became known in Babylon as Nisan. And as I said, it's not our January. Now look, I don't want to be a spoiled sport here, okay? I told you the other week, I'm going to tell you it again. In January, that's why I'm not fussy on doing things on New Year's Eve, to be honest. I don't mind if others do. That's up to them. January is from the god Janus. And Janus had two faces. A face this way and a face that way. Like one head with two faces. And there it looks at the old year. And this face looks to the new year. And it was a pagan deity where they came and they stayed up overnight 
to watch the old into the new for the God Janus. And so they worshipped and waited till the new year came. It was not the January that we have for Janus. This Abib, the newly ripened corn, would have been around the months of March or April in our calendar. We're in about springtime. What happens in springtime? The flowers start to bloom. The flowers start to grow. And the brightness starts to come and the freshness in the air speaks of new life that comes. A new hope again on the earth as God has set it in its order. And God knew what he was doing. And Passover, here he says, shed the blood. Israel, you'll be like newly ripened corn. You see, you've been like old, rotten, dead corn. You've been in Egypt. Do you remember whenever old Jacob and his sons were, they were in the famine? And Egypt had corn because God had sent Joseph a dream and he's seen the ears of corn and then the seven good years of seven bad and he goes to Pharaoh. Or pardon me, Pharaoh had it and uh, Joseph interprets it. Do you remember that? We see that was to do with the corn. And of course, putting it into the barns then it saved as it were. Joseph was known as Zaphnath Panea by the Egyptians. And Zaphnath Panea means savior of the world. He's a type of Christ. And of course, they were saved, but Jacob and all of his sons with Joseph thinking he's dead for his sons had thrown him into a pit and covered his new coat with, with blood and pretended an animal had killed him. But the Lord had brought him from the pit to the prison to the palace and elevated him. Well, Jacob sent his sons, hearing there's corn in Egypt, says, go get corn. And by the time they came and they populated and they grew in Egypt, they were like corn that was stale, corn that was rotten, corn that was useless. Couldn't make any bread with this or any other meals with this corn. And Israel were like that in Egypt. Can you imagine their servitude and their slavery? Can you imagine their hurt and their harm that they came through? And all but the Lord brought them out by the blood and he stops them at the doorposts of the night and he says, now listen, in the morning when you come out, you're under the blood, a new life will start. A new beginning will happen. And you'll walk in newness of life with me. You'll be like newly ripened corn. Corn that's ripe and ready. Corn that's useful and helpful. Corn that can be used. And that night when they come out from under the blood, in the morning, they stepped through their front door and off they went, delivered by the blood, delivered by the Lord, delivered like newly ripened corn. Do you remember? Do you remember the way the world had you? I remember the way it had me. Do you remember the way the pharaoh had you? Oh, I remember the way he had me. 
Do you remember the Egyptian hordes of his demons, how they tortured you all the time, mentally, physically, spiritually? You were dead in your trespasses and in your sins. Do you remember? Remember you knew nothing of the Lord and and the Lord came and he says to you, son, come under the blood. Daughter, come under the blood and I'll seal you in until your day of full redemption. And you'll be like newly ripened corn. You'll be like newly ripened corn. And when you come out from under that, from that, under the blood, through that door in that morning, our bodies are going to be different. Do you know that? Talking to some people that talks about their aches and their pains. The older you get, the more pains you get. Isn't that right? I have two sore knees. Not as bad as Rodney like, but I have two sore knees. I'm not sore when I'm walking, just when I'm getting up and down. I'll not have them when Christ comes. There won't be any cancer when Christ comes. Or diabetes. Or tumors. Be no disease. When Christ comes, listen, there'll be no COVID. And listen, there'll be nobody to tell you there's COVID either. For when Christ comes, he's going to change our bodies. Your sore back will be gone. Your bad headaches will be away. No brain tumors. When Christ comes again, be no sorrow, no sickness, no sadness, no mourning, no loss, just gain. When Christ comes to reap and to gather into his garner his newly ripened corn. Are you like newly ripened corn? Have you been under the blood? Are you ready for that great day? You see, This word here, Abib, as I said, it's around about March or April time. And again, we're talking about what we would usually call Easter, but it would be Passover. The blood was shed of our Lord Jesus Christ at this time. And the Lord tells us in his own word that you and I who are saved and under the blood, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17 says, Now therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You're like new corn, newly ripened corn. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. 
And listen, brothers and sisters, listen carefully. See the moment you got saved. The very moment you came by faith under the blood. That very moment and that hour, that day, at that spot, wherever you were, when you got saved, your past was forgiven. Your past was cleaned. Your past was gone. You know why? Because of the power of the blood of the Lamb. And if anyone comes to dig up your past, unless you're, you're a, a danger to yourself or someone else, if anyone comes to dig up your past, they're only doing the devil's work. They're only doing the devil's work. Now, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. The word new is a word in the Greek dictionary, kahinos. Let me get this right. Kahinos. And it means freshness. I need freshness of throat. <clears throat> it means freshness. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a, a new creation, a new creature. You're fresh. You're fresh. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new or become kahinos. They're fresh. Denotes a new sense of state. Let me just uh, break this down for you. <clears throat> Israel were coming into a new order through the blood. Just like you and I, when we have been saved by the grace of God, the word kahinos denotes new in the sense of that which is unaccustomed or unused. Not new in time, being recent, but new as to form or quality. In other words, when you get saved, you're still you. You're still you. But you're new in the sense that this life is un I'm unaccustomed. You know why? Because you're born of the Spirit. You're unaccustomed because you cannot know the things of the Spirit. Because a carnal man and a carnal woman cannot understand what it's like to be forgiven of their sins and washed in the blood of the Lamb. It's new. It's fresh. And you're still you. So, I'm going to close this. Or new things throughout Scripture. For example, the Lord Jesus tells us <clears throat> when he breaks bread that he would institute the new covenant. And Paul reminds us in 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 25, he says, this cup is the new testament in my blood. Paul reminds us of that. In Ephesians 4 and 24, Paul says, in Christ we are like a new man. In 2 Peter 3 and 13, Peter tells us that the coming of Christ will be a new heavens and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 17, the Lord tells the church of Pergamos 
that they will receive a new name written on them that no man knows but they whom it's given to. And in Revelation 3 and verse 12, to the church at Philadelphia, the Lord Jesus says, To him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, and I will write upon him my new name. Now listen, he's not going to have you New Jerusalem written here and there. It means you will have the teaching. Your mind will be ready. You will be prepared. That you will be his. You will love the word of God. And it will be in your hearts and your mind. That's what he means. But I'll give you a new name. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I wonder what mine will be. It couldn't be any worse than Kenneth, to be honest with you, could it? Sorry if there's another Kenneth. Sorry, Kenneth, I see you over there too. <clears throat> That's why yours is Kenny and I'm Ken. We shorten them down. You know, the Lord says that he will make him a pillar in his temple. You know, Solomon had two mainstay pillars, one called Joshin and one called Boaz. And Jachin means he will establish. And Boaz means one in whom is strength. And Paul tells us this is not a temple, the temple in Jerusalem. It's the temple of the body of Christ. Ye are his temple, which is his body. And he says that if you trust in him, he will make you new. He will make you fresh. And you keep going on with him, he will build you to be like a pillar in his temple or in his church for his Holy Ghost to dwell in. So I finish. In Psalm 40, will you turn with me as we read it? Psalm number 40, please. Verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. You can write there the focused, focused soul. The focused soul. Verse 2. He brought... Me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the merry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my goings. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the merry clay. You can write the fearful soul, the soul that was captivated in Egypt, the soul that's captivated by the devil. Set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. You can write. The foundation soul. Verse 3. You've put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. And you can write there the forgiven soul. The forgiven soul. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud 
nor such, nor such as turn aside unto lies. You can write there, the fellowshipping soul. Brothers and sisters, he's brought us out through the blood. I ask you tonight, friend, are you washed in the blood? Are you washed in the blood? Are you trusting in the blood? Are you Christ's? Are you Christ's tonight? Can you say, I'm saved? When I ask the worship team to come up as a close, come on up, please. Are you saved? I'm asking you, are you saved? I'm asking you, do you know him? I'm asking you, are you trusting in him? I'm asking you, is there a memorial in your life and a memorial in your heart in the day and the hour when Christ came into your life? Is there a day and an hour when you know I trusted in him and he saved my soul and I belong to Christ? Is there a day and an hour that you mark and say, this is the day of my new beginning, my new start, and I made a new creature in Christ? Newly ripened corn. God says, Israel, you'll have, like, as it were, an Old Testament version of a born-again experience. You'll come out of Egypt, and you'll be like, newly ripened corn. And you can come out of Egypt tonight, and you'll be like, newly ripened corn. Do you come to the Savior and by faith tonight and give your life to Him? What a way to start a new year. What a way to start a new life. What a way to go home. Saved through the blood of Christ.